this is Kara Foster from First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ in Madisonville, Kentucky, and you're listening to our sermons podcast. And if you want to find out more information, you can connect with us at www.madisonvilledisciples.org or come in person at 1030 College Drive, uh, Madisonville, Kentucky. Subscribe and enjoy these podcasts. So today's story, let me get myself even. Today's story is one of the most beloved and well-known parables Jesus ever told. You probably know it well as the parable of the prodigal son. And the story happened because some Pharisees were grumbling about Jesus over the company he keeps. He hangs out with sinners and tax collectors. They say, chapter 15, now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to him, and the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, this fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. And Jesus responds to this criticism by telling three stories back to back. Stories about lost things. First, he tells a story about a shepherd who loses one of his sheep, and he leaves the 99, and he goes searching for his lost sheep. And when he finds it, he comes back, and he tells his friends and family, let's celebrate. I found my sheep. Then he tells a story about a woman who's lost a precious coin. She turns the house up searching for this coin, and when she finds it, She, too, goes to her friends and family and says, Come on, let's celebrate. I found my precious coin. And the third story is the one that's a bit different. This is not about lost things. It's about lost people. And I invite you to read with me in your Bibles. It's Luke chapter 15, my favorite gospel. And I'm going to begin reading in verse 11. And I invite you to read along with me. It's long but familiar, I'm sure. Jesus says, There was a man who had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that's coming to me. And he divided his property between them. And not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country where he squandered his property in reckless living. When he'd spent everything, a severe famine arose in the country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into the fields to feed the pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger? I will arise, go to my father, and I will say, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him, kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe, put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For this, my son, was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. 
and they began to celebrate. Now his older son was in the field, and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing, and he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come, and your father has killed the fattened calf, because he has received him back safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him. But he answered his father, Look, these many years I've served you. I never disobeyed your command. Yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him? And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad, for this your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. Now last Sunday I mentioned that Jesus loved to tell stories about everyday things and everyday people. And today we have a story that we can certainly all relate to, family. We all have family. Love them, be annoyed by them. We all have family. Maybe your family puts the fun in dysfunctional. Who knows? We all have family. And this family today has their own issues. And the trouble starts when the younger son tells his dad he really wants what's coming to him. He wants his money now while he's still alive. He takes this inheritance and he runs off and spends it on what Jesus calls reckless living. Wasn't that nice of Jesus to leave it all above the fray? We know what reckless living is. It's not rated PG. It was nothing to write home about. And what this son did to leave his family in a time and place, a society that was built around family. You needed each other to survive. You depended upon each other. And this son just left them all. There was no going to make a name for yourself in those days. Your family was your name. So when this son takes this inheritance and spends it all on reckless living, it was worse than death. The shame of it to this family. And he ends up out of money and out of luck. When trouble comes his way, he has no one and nothing. And he ends up living and working among the pigs and being really hungry. If this isn't a rock bottom for a first century Jewish guy, I don't know what is. He's hungry. And he begins to tell himself, you know what? My dad's servants are living a whole lot better than I am. And so I'm going to go back. And I'm going to say, I have sinned against heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. He practices this speech before he even goes. But I don't know if you've noticed, but it wasn't exactly his conscience that made him go back. It was his belly. He was hungry. That's what motivates him. And so he heads back, and before he's even home, his father spots him in the distance, and what does his father do? His father goes running to him. 
this patriarch of the family that's been wronged goes running to him, hugs him, kisses him. He starts to do his speech. Father, I've sinned against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. And he doesn't even get to finish before his dad is telling folks to go, go get the robe. Go get the family ring. Get some shoes for his feet because only servants are barefoot. And kill a fattened calf because tonight we are going to celebrate with everybody. My son was lost and now is found, was dead and now alive. And to feel the grip of the burden, did he even realize the weight he carried? The guilt, the shame, to mess up so royally. Did this son even recognize what he was carrying until he saw his father come running towards him? It's grace. It's grace. And he didn't deserve it. And we could wrap up the whole story there. We could roll the credits on this beautiful story, a happy ending for all, but that is not the end of this story because there's an older brother. And what is the older brother doing? He's working, working out in the fields, taking care of things. He's doing what he's always done. And he sees the commotion going on back at his house, and he asks somebody, what's going on? And they say, hey, your dad's having a party. Your brother's come back. They've killed a calf. It's going to be a big time. And this brother is furious. A party? He can't believe it. He comes home and he gets a party? He's the one who stayed. He's the one who's done all the right things. Where his, where's his party? Where's his party? Would you go to that party? Would you want to be invited at that party? And what kind of dad is this? His dad didn't make him beg or plead. He didn't say, I told you so. He didn't give one of my favorite speeches that begins, there are consequences for our actions. <laughs> nope. Not even make him sit at the servant's table or, or, or set up a payment plan for him to begin paying back what he's taking. You know what? Dr. Phil would have a field day with this father. This brother, you know, his dad might be a pushover, but he's not. He's not going to that party. He knows what's right. He knows what's wrong. And he's standing out in that yard and he's listening to the music going on back at the house and he's furious. A calf. He's never even got a goat. It's a big party. He's never got a single party. And his dad is at the party but he notices his older son is not there. And he goes out to look for him searching again. And this time he finds his son out front in the yard, and when he sees his dad, he lets him have it. That son of yours, he calls him. If you notice, he's not going to claim any family to him. He's not his family. That son of yours comes home, and you throw him a party. How could you? And the father standing out in the yard says, son, all that I have all that I am is yours, but I had to celebrate. I had to. Your brother, he was lost and now is found. He was dead and now alive. You see, Jesus tells this story about a father with two sons. And he loves them both. 
Of all three stories that Jesus tells about lost things, I happen to think that Jesus ends this one a little unfinished. It ends with the party going on inside the house, the younger son sitting there in the family robe, toasting to a new day, shocked and in awe of his welcome. While the father and the older son are standing in the yard, and the father's begging him to come. You know, this week I was thinking about my own family growing up, because I don't know if it's just something about us, or maybe it's every siblings. I happen to be the oldest of two brothers. And when we were growing up, all three of us were consumed with fairness. If you did for one, by golly, you better do for all. And we had all kinds of ways of policing our parents to make sure they were measuring up. And we had all kinds of little tiny rules that were created to keep fairness in our little family society or maybe just to keep our parents from losing their minds. But, you know, things, simple things like if you get to cut the cake, they get to decide which piece they take first. We had rules about our dinner dishes rotation. We had rules about how you got to sit in the front seat. Uh, we were consumed with fairness. I think probably one of our favorite sentences was, it's not fair. And you know what? I'll just say it. This party that he's throwing, it's not fair. It's not fair. And I think it sometimes can feel really good to stand out in that front yard and to know you're right. To know that at the end of the day, you think what we get is what we deserve. That we earn it. That we earn it. And there's that good-for-nothing younger brother sitting in the house, and he didn't deserve that welcome. He didn't deserve that party. After all he had done, after all he had put them through, it seems like this father sure is letting him off the hook. What kind of parent would do that? Of course, Jesus isn't trying to give us parenting advice. He's trying to tell us about God, about who God is, and how God operates. And according to this, God is a father who's so excited to see you that he comes running, tears in his eyes, arms wide open. God is like a father who can't enjoy the party until you're there too. What this father seems to care about is reunion. Lost sheep, lost coins, lost sons. What this father seems to care about is that once was lost, now is found. This father has two sons, and he loves them both. And you know what? I think I can hear it. Do you hear it? I, I, hear, I hear music. And you know what? I bet the food is amazing. And there's laughter and a whole lot of tears. Won't you come? Won't you come?
All these years later, I think Jesus is still waiting for our answer. Amen. <laughs>